You are listening to the Audio Information Network of Colorado. This recording is intended to be used solely by individuals with barriers to print. Thank you for joining us for this Friday, March 10th edition of the Broomfield Enterprise. My name is Elaine. Today we will be reading from the following main articles. Prairie Mountain Media realigns its editing team for a solid local coverage. We'll also discuss the Broomfield events for this week. Carrie Pettis, the bookwoman, reviews Until the Future. And Kelly Rowski writes about people and plants, and this week, The Walking Tree. These and other articles. Prairie Mountain Media realigns its editing team for a solid local coverage. The new editing team for Prairie Mountain Media wants to keep journalism local and reporting solid. The consolidated team has four instead of five editors with positions and duties adjusting to align with the team's goals. The changes were announced in January for five of the company's 16 publications. John Vallenkamp, senior editor of the Longmont Times Call and the Loveland Report Herald, has taken on new duties at the Daily Camera. He oversees the daily operations and newsrooms of three newspapers, plus those of two weekly publications, including the Broomfield Enterprise and Colorado Hometown Weekly. Mitchell Byers, breaking news and courts reporter at the Daily Camera, and Michael Hicks, editor for the Broomfield Enterprise and Colorado Hometown Weekly, were promoted to deputy city editors of the Daily Camera and Times Call, plus the two weekly publications, all of which are produced out of a single newsroom. Their job entails overseeing day-to-day coverage, rotating day and night editing desk duties. We rearranged, organized the editing structure to best use the editing resources we have. Julie's department ended up, opened up this opportunity to restructure our entire editing staff. This according to Camp, who has been with the Times Call since 2001. Camp said his aim is to make the newspapers the first and best source for local news. To achieve that goal, he and the rest of the editing team are helping each other do their best, bringing different strengths and points of view based on their experience to the table. Local journalism is key to keeping an eye on local government. And it's a way for people to know what's going on in their neighborhoods and have their voices in the paper. Broomfield events for this week on Monday, Arts, History, and Cultural Council meeting. The Arts, History, and Cultural Council meeting is responsible for acting as a cultural council for SCFD grant making activities and as an advisory body for arts and history division programs, and art in public places projects. This will be at 6.30 p.m. on Monday at the Broomfield Library and Auditorium at 3 Community Park Road in Broomfield. This group meets each Monday at noon in Broomfield 
Any chamber member is invited to visit the group twice at no charge. Noon on Monday at La Distilleria Restaurant, 1100 US 287 Suite A500 in Broomfield. The cost is $50. On Tuesday, Geeks Who Drink Trivia Night at IHOP IPA, modeled after pub quizzes in Ireland. Russia's War in Ukraine One Year Later Lecture Series. This talk will cover the military successes and failures of Ukraine and Russia and the response of the U.S. and NATO to the conflict, particularly the impact of sanctions imposed upon Russia. Dr. Jerry Hudson will give the presentation at 6.30 p.m. on Tuesday at the Crescent Grange, 7901 West 120th Avenue in Broomfield. On Wednesday, Broomfield leaders, this group aims to generate business opportunities for chamber members by providing a structure where members may pass qualified sales leads in a non-competitive and mutually supportive environment and learn useful business skills for success. Anyone can visit the group as a guest. This will be at noon on Wednesday at Frolic Brewing Company, 12910 Zuni Street, Suite 300 in Westminster. The cost is $80. For more information, you can visit members.broomfieldchamber.com. On Thursday, Business to Business Networking Group, this networking group is focused on helping businesses share best practices, obtain leads and offer services as an ideal leads group for businesses who want to exchange services with other businesses within the local community, receive and refer specific business opportunities to other members of the group, and share best practices from other members and subject matter. This will be at 8.30 a.m. Thursday at Edward Jones, 5760 West 120th Avenue, Suite 200 in Broomfield, and the cost is $50. On Friday, River Spell at 100 Nickel. River Spell, formed in 2022, is a Colorado-based folk rock jam band that delivers immersive grooves and contemplative lyricism. This will be at 7.30 p.m. Friday at 100 Nickel, at 100 Nickel Street in Broomfield. For more information, you can visit chipperslanes.com. On Saturday, the Harlem Globetrotters, the original Harlem Globetrotters, are preparing for their action-packed world tour. A star-studded roster will have fans on the edge of their seats to witness the ball handling wizardry, basketball artistry, and one-of-a-kind family entertainment that thrills fans of all ages. This will be at 1 p.m. on Saturday at the First Bank Center, 11450 Broomfield Lane in Broomfield. Pet Vaccination Clinic, Dr. Mackey of Claws and Paws House Call Service will be holding a vaccination clinic for dogs and cats. No appointment necessary. This will be at 10 a.m. on Saturday at Willow Run Feed Store, 
5700 West 120th Avenue in Broomfield. This event is free. For more information, you can go to clawspawsvet.com. Albion remembered a Celtic celebration. Enjoy a popular Celtic concert featuring brass, bagpipes, and drums with special guest Elgebel Shrine Pipe Band. This will be at 4 p.m. Saturday in Broomfield Auditorium, 3 Community Park Road in Broomfield, and the tickets range from $10 to $20 and are available at eventbrite.com. A couple has been indicted for stealing items from Home Depot locations in Boulder County and Broomfield. Colorado Grand Jury indicted a couple for reportedly carrying out an organized retail theft scheme involving the Home Depot stores, including those in Boulder County and Broomfield, and pawning or selling the stolen items. Mario Timothy Herr and Alexandra Gayswinkler were indicted on charges including violating the Colorado Organized Crime Control Act, theft and conspiracy to commit theft, according to a release from the Colorado Attorney General. Prosecutors said her would enter stores, use cutters to cut security cables from high-end tools, conceal the tools in a tote or garbage bin, and then exit the store with the tote or bin without paying for the merchandise. Her would depart from the stores in a distinctive blue and white van with Gayswinkler serving as the getaway driver at least once. Hearst or Gayswinkler would then often go directly to pawn shops to sell or pawn the items. The two stores targeted in Adams, Jefferson, Boulder, Broomfield, and Weld counties. The two targeted stores in these counties. Colorado businesses have lost millions in inventory to sophisticated crime rings, threatening greater safety risk to retail store employees and higher prices for consumers, according to Attorney General Phil Weiser. Working with our law enforcement partners, my office is committed to combating organized retail theft and holding criminals accountable for the harm they cause businesses, employees, and consumers throughout the state. Hare and Gayswinkler were in custody at the Jefferson County Jail on $50,000 cash or surety bonds. Their cases were filed in Jefferson County and an attorney from the Department of Law's Criminal Justice Section will serve as a special deputy district attorney in the first judicial district attorney's office. We are grateful to our law enforcement partners for the hard work and persistence that resulted in the indictments announced today according to First Judicial District Attorney Alexis King. Retail theft has a deep impact on both consumers and businesses and the well-being of our communities. We look forward to a continued partnership with the Attorney General's Office to ensure those responsible are held accountable. Carrie Pettis, the book woman this week, reviews Until the Future. The title of this book is This Time Tomorrow by Emma Straub. This book is an unusual take on time travel. It has a less futuristic science fiction feel to it and a more meditative 
study of how time loops back and forth. Alice lives with her author father in a tiny house in the middle of New York City. Her hippie mother left years ago and the two of them are content just as they are. Alice has the usual teenage quirks and angsts, but overall is living a normal life. She yearns for a certain boy, has a simpatico best friend, and will continue in that vein for many years into adulthood. She stays in the neighborhood and even gets a job as an administrator in the school she attended as a child. She sees the neighborhood morph and adjust and continue much as it always has. The more New York City changes, the more it stays the same. And her life is pretty much that way too. Then, as her 40th birthday approaches, Alice begins remembering her 16th birthday celebration. And through some quirk she doesn't understand, Alice feels she is actually back there reliving that day. Alice was both herself then and herself now. She was 40 and she was 16. Certain things she says and does differently at the remembered birthday party have repercussions. Her current life is now different than what it had been. Has she gone back in time and changed the future? Carrie Pettis is a retired elementary school teacher and children's librarian who has lived in Broomfield since 1975. Reading is her favorite passion. Kelly Rowski writes about people and plants, and this week, the walking tree. Is it possible for a tree to walk? Perhaps so, if we expand our definition of walking a bit. My aunt and uncle recently spent time in India visiting their daughter. They graciously shared their itinerary with me so I could travel alongside them from home. Shortly after they arrived back in the States, I received a mysterious card in the mail. My aunt had picked up a hand-painted card in India and mailed it to me. The most unique aspect of the card was a banyan tree leaf tethered to the inside. The actual leaf was painted with a scene. I still feel all warm and fuzzy thinking about her thoughtfulness. This endearing card caused me to want to know more about the banyan tree. I quickly discovered it can walk. Well, kind of. The banyan is a fig tree that has aerial roots. Roots actually sprout from the tree's branches then grow down into the soil. Researchers believe a plant hormone called oxen is responsible for this interesting growth pattern. On the no.india.gov website, they share the aerial roots, then create more trunks and more branches. The banyan is considered immortal and is an integral part of the myths and legends of India. This sacred tree is often the focal point of village life. Banyans begin their journey as an epiphyte. This means it grows while attached to another tree. The banyan is native to India but is hardly is hardy in growing zones 10 and 11. The word banyan means merchant. 
Native Indian traders would spread their wares in the shade of these trees. In the A.J.C. Bowes Botanical Garden near Calcutta, there lives a 250-year-old banyan tree. It covers about three and a half acres of land. It's reportedly the widest tree in the world. Potentially mistaken for a forest, there are approximately 3,600 aerial roots. Are you still wondering about the walking tree part? Every new aerial root causes the tree to move slowly in a particular direction. Because of this, banyans are often called the many-footed tree. The Oscars of 2023 are here. Here's who will win and who should win at the Academy Awards. If the Academy Awards producers want to ensure audiences will forget about all that misbehaving nonsense at last year's affair, here's an option. Open the darn ceremony with an ultimate showstopper, like recreating the outrageous Natu Natu dance and song performance of the Indian epic RRR. That'll pep things up and set the tone for an upbeat ceremony where people presumably won't be inclined to slap each other. If that doesn't happen, fear not. We have a hunch people will be on their best behavior this year. Host Jimmy Kimmel should serve up some laughs and perhaps mandated by Oscar higher-ups can be expected to rib the celebrities a bit less than usual so as not to get anyone overly riled up or at least not while the cameras are rolling. Regardless of all the drama that went down last year, it's time to move on to what really matters. Who and what will be the big winners on Sunday night? Best Pictures, the nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar, The Way of Water, The Banshees of Inisherin, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, Tar, Top Gun, Maverick, Triangle of Sadness, and Women Talking. What will win? What once seemed to be a tight race has turned into one contender galloping away from the pack. Here's how the biggest prize shakes down. All Quiet on the Western Front refurbished a piece of classic literature and made it eerily relevant for these turbulent international times. It's a technical marvel and would make a safe choice, but it gives off a been-there-seen-that-scent. And this year's Oscar wants to be hip. Avatar, The Way of Water, continues to make cannonball splashes at the box office, but the Blue People FX extravaganza won't float too many Oscar voters' boats. Critics went on and on about banshees, but there's no way that dark, dark, tragic comedy about Irish frenemies will grab the top prize. Elvis, meanwhile, was splashy and trashy, but had as many issues, including Tom Hanks' cartoonish performance as its protagonist. Few will love it tender. The Fablemans is a sentimental ode to the craft of filmmaking. 
And since Hollywood adores itself ever so, Spielberg's film could sneak in for the wind, but we doubt it. As for the fiercely independent Come Undone saga Tar, there's hardly a chord of support being sounded for this one. While Tom Cruise and company pulled off a Mission Impossible at the summer box office and made Top Gun soar again, it is not a Best Picture winner. Too many rich folks tossing their cookies makes Triangle of Sadness's chance for winning Victory Go Belly Up. And Women Talking has been greeted with the kiss of Oscar Death, the stony sound of silence. Nobody but nobody is talking about this film. That leaves one of 2022's most unusual and outlandish genre benders, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Some might think it too edgy, too outside of the box for the staid Oscars. I think the awards show has a new day dawning and this multi-versing tale, which celebrates diversity and the reopening of a person's eyes to everything worth cherishing surrounding them, will win, sausage fingers and all. What should win? Everything, everywhere, all at once. What might seem like a silly crackpot creation is anything but. It's a beautiful tale about the sometimes crushing reality that we live 24-7 and ignore the worlds we imagine and perhaps want to escape. It's a multi-layered, daring, and original look at the vibrancy, issues, and the bonds of one Asian-American family. It's the kind of movie Hollywood needs more of. Best Director, the nominees are Martin McDonough for The Banshees of Inner Sharon, Daniel Kwan and Daniel Shineart, a.k.a. The Daniels, for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Steven Spielberg for The Fablemans. Todd Field for Tar. And Ruben Ostlin for Triangle of Sadness. Who should win? The Daniels. They did give us everything in the movie and more. Best Actor, the nominees, Austin Butler for Elvis. Colin Farrell for The Banshees of Inner Sharon, Brendan Fraser for The Whale, Paul Mescal for After Sun, and Bill Nye for Living. Who will win? Farrell's crestfallen demeanor stole our hearts and made us want to give him a big hug, but he was even better in the little scene after Yang. Mescal is once again astonishing, but he faces a clear disadvantage with his subtle performance that quietly hits you with a right hook at the end. Who should win? Frazier. The performance is a gut puncher and just a smidgen better than Mescal's, in my second opinion. Best Actress, Kate Blanchett for Tar, Anna de Armas for Blonde, Andrea Riseborough for To Leslie, Michelle Williams for The Fablemans, and Michelle Yeoh for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Who should win? Yeoh, as the unraveling Evelyn, co-owner of a laundromat with too much work, too many tax receipts, and a life that's caught an endless spin cycle. Yeoh tapped into the desperation and the rebirth of a person who learns to see her world in a new light. It's such an elegant and wise performance. 
The 95th Annual Academy Awards will be at 5 p.m. March 12th on ABC. The host will be Jimmy Kimmel. And remember to spring forward this Saturday evening for Daylight Savings Time. Thank you for joining us for Broomfield Enterprise. My name is Elaine. AINC programming is made possible by the Collins Foundation.